Welcome, Moto Mor. Okay, I'm going to start again. Cut. Welcome's not the right word. I got to go with hello. Hello, Moto America fans, and welcome to this latest edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I'm Bice. Carruthers is on the other side. And in the middle, we have Michael Martin, our special guest for this week on this video edition. Michael is the rider representative for Moto America, but there's a lot more to Michael Martin than that. He's got a rich past and a rich history in Weir racing, endurance racing, Suzuki racing, Valvoline Suzuki's. Uh, he's logged a lot of laps on race bikes in his career, and it's, it's great to have you here, Michael. Well, Thanks. thank you very much. It's nice to be here. So let's, let's get started about your new to, to Moto America this year as our rider rep. Tell us about how that came about. Did, Actually, it started here. Um, I was here last year at the last race of the year, and I was down on the grid and talking to Thomas, and I said, hey, uh, Thomas Stevens, the race director, and, mm -hmm. uh, and I said, you know, if you guys ever need any help, I'm, you know, I could maybe come and do something for you, maybe. And so he called me about, oh, I was middle of maybe December, January, and said, you want to do it? You know, would you like to be a rider rep? And I kind of thought, well, I don't know. Let me think about it for a little bit because I was doing lots of motocross and I'm kind of involved in the Texas vintage motocross scene, the TVRC, and I enjoy going and doing those races. And we have a Moto Masters age group racing uh, uh, motocross series in Texas too. And so kind of like doing that. It was kind of fun, you know, and, and, uh, uh, and then all this COVID thing hit and all the races started getting canceled. And, you know, I just thought, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not bad. So I called Thomas back up and said, I'll do a couple. I'll do, you know, let me do half the season or something, see how it goes. And cause I didn't really, you know, you know, you always kind of want to make sure that you're, that you're a good man for the job, good fit, you know, and this kind of stuff. And so, uh, so did the first two events up at Elkhart Lake and, um, you know, and they keep asking me back. So I guess I'm doing okay. <laughs> when you said yes to it, did you think it would involve shoveling mud at New Jersey? <laughs> I, you know, we saw you on TV doing exactly that. Yeah, man, shovel, I, you know, shoveling water is what he was doing. Was, yeah, he was I, I am his a, finger in the dam. Yeah, I, I'm a full-on Moto America employee now. You know, I'll do whatever needs to be done. And so, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was kind of funny about that is we were, you know, the, the people at New Jersey were saying, hey, you know, we don't know. We've got thing real, river rolling across the track. And, you know, and so I said, well, I, I do this all the time at my property in Texas. And so look, we need to dig a hole and get a pump and pump it out. And so we ended up helping, you know, doing, it, it yeah, worked it out all right. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I know it's funny because every now and then I'll hear walking through the pits or something, I'll hear somebody, hey, I saw you on TV, you know. <laughs> sweeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sweeping, doing the dirty work, you know. What, what does it take to be a rider rep? Because you, you strike me, well, really, Michael, you strike me as having a very, very calm demeanor. Um, I think you've got a smoldering fire underneath you and you probably have calmed down from when you used to race a little bit, but have you always been a person that you think is, is suited for this job? You know, that's, that, that's a, a good statement really, because it, it certainly is a lot different being on the other side of the fence from, from where I was a rider for all the years and to see all of the infrastructure that it takes. So, we could go around the track. You know, it, it's really, it was mind boggling for me. I, I really didn't know the scope of the infrastructure until after a few weekends. And then, you know, the first couple of weekends, I have to admit, I, my head was spinning and there was a lot going on. And I'm like, you know, thinking, 
poof, I don't know, man, if I'm good for this. Because it entails doing some things that, you know, riders make mistakes or there's problems and, you know, jump starts or this and that and the other. And you, and you have to go and, you know, not only do they feel bad that they've done it and, you know, we've made them do a drive through and, you know, and all this stuff. And then you go hit them with a fine or, you know, they have to come up and talk to me about it. And, and uh, so the majority of time, my customers are not very happy. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know, right. So how and does they that go? Customers, you they, yes, you know, that's that's the way I look at it, and, and this is one of the things that I've kind of thought that bring into Moto America is is a a feeling of these are our customers, and, and we need to treat everybody with respect and, and try to do the best that we can because we got to keep this sport going and, and and make it you know make it bigger and better for everybody involved and. And over the years that, you know, I taught with Kevin Schwantz at his school for years and years and in the Team Hammer School and everything, is I've always thought that as, as an official or a, or a um, rider instructor, that we have to teach everybody so we can all start at a higher level. You know, if we don't, if we all just take our knowledge of the sport and, you know, don't do anything with it, then everybody starts down at the bottom layer. And, and so, you know, it just... I'm just trying to kind of really give back a little bit to the sport, I guess. And plus, as a former racer, you can see like oh. you can see, well, you can see like why they make those mistakes. Yes, you made them right. You jump starts. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You've, you've been an idiot and run into somebody, or the, you've the biggest one is is losing track of the bikes. Okay, so Elkhart Lake. If you go down the back straightaway and you decide I don't want to do the rest of the, you know, you cut through. You go at turn five. You go straight and you go back up in the pits. Right. I did it several times. Right. I didn't know that you can't do that. Right. You know what I mean? And so when, when it happens to another rider, we're, oh, we're lost track of number 77, some, you know, and it's like, well, what's the big deal? You know, I mean, I did. But it is. But it's a big deal. got to keep, yeah. you know, yeah. control of the bikes. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, the, again, there's several things that. Sorry. Paul's, there's Paul that he's going on vacation already and the phone calls are already coming. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I wanted to ask you about that's interesting with your career is, you know, when I was, I guess when we were all younger, when I was younger, I've always been oriented towards paying a lot of attention to AMA racing. Sure. A lot of your racing was in Weira. And yes. I knew about you. I saw ads. I knew Trey Beatty, Michael Martin, I, you know, all you guys. Um, Josh Hayes, when he got started that sure. way. At, back then, it felt to me like Weira was almost... A competitor to the AMA. Now it's diff- it's maybe a little different than it was. Um, was it considered competition to the AMA? And 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 why did you do most of your racing in where? Well, I'll start off with the age thing. And and I was I was a young motocross kid, and I raced motocross. That was that was my first motorcycle love. And 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 still today, I'm I'm really a big motocross fan. And and that's that's kind of definitely fuels my fire. You know, I've watched all the national motocrosses and go to as many of them as I can and this kind of stuff. And it's, and it's, and that's kind of my really, I really love that. And I love road racing too, but you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's motorcycles, I guess, in general. But, um, it, it, it just kind of, I forgot where I was going now. Where was I going? Well, you were starting with we're in, how oh, you yeah, said, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> put it, Paul. <laughs> No, so that should let you take that call. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Weir thing, it I think at that time that they were kind of competing because we had the Formula USA thing and 
And right. there was, I think, a little bit of TV time in there that we were getting. And I don't know if the AMA was getting. And But for me, I spent a lot of time. Um, I was older before I started road racing. I'm you know, motocross kid. Then I went and did competition go-kart, shifter kart stuff. And then I went over to Europe and raced uh, raced a season in the Formula Renault uh, French Championship. And um, and I was I had I had been over there in 1984, <laughs> I think 485 or something like that. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't catch that. That was the year I was born. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so I you know came back from France and and was just kind of looking you know didn't really have you know kind of had to quit motocross and 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 I liked the idea of racing on the asphalt and it was clean and you didn't go home with dirt in your eyes and all that kind of stuff and and so um um and, and so a buddy of mine a very dear friend Wesley Taylor who's who passed away and unfortunate thing he was a great guy but um he he said hey man you need to come out and do this you you would love it Michael you'd be great at it this is you know and so we went out to Texas World Speedway, which was the roughest, nastiest track of the, back in, in those days. And, um, and he had a brand new GSXR 1100. And so in practice, I put on his letters. <laughs> Isn't that right? I was like going, oh, man, you know. And, and, and I had not, I was not a street bike guy. You know, I, I, I thought, you know, guys with steering dampeners and all that stuff. I'm like, well, you know, I was just a motocrosser. And so went and rode his bike at Texas World Speedway and I'll remember it just like like man this is pretty cool and it and it was the you know the low slung seat with the big gas tank and yeah. all that stuff and and it was a you know a amazing bike of of its day and um and so I thought man this is cool I'm good. so I went and bought my my um guys that I grew up across the street from me had an RZ350 and I bought that thing and I just peeled his numbers off and put mine on there and put on my little yellow amateur vest, you know, and started road racing. In my fr- and this is another thing too. We, you know, in Texas we've got we had two tracks. We had Oak Hill in Texas World, and and I did my first race at, at Oak Hill in in and I, I you know did the start my first race and I went into the first turn. Oh, I was going to say. Put my foot yeah. in. I don't, and I'm I not, wanted to I'm know not about that. Either. I really did. Sure. Right? Yeah, I just, and reaction. it was like, oh my gosh. And I kind of like, oh yeah, I'm not supposed to be doing that. And, you know, so I, you know, old habits are hard to break, I right. guess, or something like that. <laughs> no, but I mean, as far as that goes from sticking your leg out versus getting your knee down, once you figured that out, did you get your knee down right away? And that's no. what you did? Oh, hell no. No, no, okay. no. Man, I, I mean, I was doing one of those things where I'm trying to. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get it down. You know, one of those kind of things. And so it took me a little while, but but I like my first uh, my first novice race. I think I got third or something like that. And 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 uh, you know, it, to me, it was like, yeah. You know, I mean, it was easy. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, man, this is duck soup, man. I'm, you know, and I'm sticking my head up in the bubble and I'm watching the tachometer going down the straightaways, and you know, this is easy. You know, compared to my. <laughs> You know, right. motocrossing and stuff and so it, it was um, I keep banging my hands on these things um, <laughs> it, it was you know I, I really fell in love with road racing right as soon as I started doing it and, wow. and I had my little RZ350 man I loved that bike I, yeah. I really that's you know I have quite the motorcycle collection at home now and, and um, you still have it? no oh that's where I was going oh, I, said, okay. I thought man I wish I would have never sold that bike yeah. I mean I really because I kept it all in stock form and all these other guys were putting all the trick pipes on it and 
carburetors and all this kind of stuff. And I was whipping the tar out of them with my little stock one and they couldn't handle it. So they did you have it. stock pipes, pipes with the catalytic converters and everything? Oh, yeah. You have the yellow one or the red, white, and blue Red, one? white, the oh. red one. Look like Eddie, man, I used to think it looked like Eddie Lawson's Yamaha. <laughs> you know, his Daytona bike or something. Yeah. So when you were racing this RZ350, that's right around the time I think that Kevin Schwantz was racing an RZ350, or was he a little bit before you with an RZ350? Kevin, he took the shortcut. Okay. You know, he, he, he went straight from riding at Texas World, bombing through the water at one of the endurance races, and, uh, and, and then he went, straight, he went straight to the top, Yeah, you know, kind of thing, where I kind of slugged around down there in the bottom dwellers. But the, he did race an RZ350 around that time period, didn't he? I, you know, I don't know if he did or not, but I know There's, he rode I have some like photos a, of him back then. Yeah, yeah. And he rode an Ascot. And, you know, Kevin could, you know, still to this day, he can ride a unicycle and be good at it. Yeah. You know, and stuff. And so it was, you know, and Kevin and I have had a good long friendship, too, over the yeah. years. And, and uh, great guy. And, and we, we are... Uh, we have a lot of fun together when we when we go do stuff and yeah. wheelie competitions and trials bike competitions and, because when <laughs> we get together it's not just you know being it's all like I'm going to beat him he's going to beat no I'm going to beat you over this thing we're going you know so it's kind of fun yeah and I taught for we taught here at Barber for um uh you know for years and years and rode Atlanta at his school and, and we really had a wonderful that was a his his schools were um, we taught a lot of people how to ride motorcycles better be more competent motorcyclist and and we had a shit ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We you know when we would teach everybody, we would do all the classrooms and everything and then when class was over, it was jump on the trials bikes, jump on whatever and we had around road Atlanta, we had trials sections everywhere. We all took our trials bikes out there and it was just we, we 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 had really a fun time, and then when we came here, we couldn't really do all that much, right? Yeah, a because more yeah, a little different. Right. You know, Trey was out doing burnouts one time. You know, we we used to do like you know stand up burnouts and and we got we got one started back there, I think. And by the time that he went about halfway around, all of a sudden the barber police. You can't do that here. It's a little different, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it's you, good, though, because this place is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, it, it is a true a, a joy to come here and, and look at this track and its, um, you know, its condition and it's all kept up right. You know, I do miss going fishing in that little pond back down there. Though. They, they got some. <laughs> what do they got? They got. What do they have? Bass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big. I mean, you Lunkers. can throw a bear hook back there and, and pull out fish out of it. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's you mentioned road, road Atlanta. Let's talk about that a little bit and go back to how how you started getting involved in racing and where. And also, your how did you start racing for John Ulrich in Valvoline Suzuki and all that? You know, I I started back on my RZ three fifty. Then I bought a little FCR four hundred. And then got a FCR 600 the first man, year. Man, you were a Yamaha got, guy. I was a Yamaha, man. They, <laughs> they were, you know, they, well, they paid. Yamaha had good contingency, and I could ride in, let's see, I could ride it in C Superbike, B Superbike, and Formula One and win 500 bucks a shot, you know, kind of thing. And so, you know, it, when, when I was winning all those classes, it was, uh, you know, I could, I mean, I felt like I was doing pretty good. You know, I had got Dunlop tires were giving me sponsorship, and so I was, you know, 500 bucks a time, boom, boom, boom. You know, it's pretty good. That's good. You know, considering that, you know, you've been racing motocross all your life and it's, you know, you're just, <laughs> you know, shelling out. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and so I, I did that. And then, um, and then I, in 1990, 
Yeah, it's not that long ago. Um, I bought a um, I bought a 750 GSXR and started doing some of the Suzuki Cup races. And then I got on with uh, Kurt Hall and Jim Steele had a team. It was called Hall and Steele. And it was an uh, endurance team that did all the national rear endurance races. And, um, and so they called me and says, hey, you want to come ride with us? And so I thought, yeah, sure, you know, be great. So went and uh, started riding. We rode the production class. So Kurt was on with Team Suzuki on John's team. And, um, and then we had the production 1100 that me and Bruce Baldus and uh, oh, I can't remember all the guys that were three or four guys and uh, were on the Holland steel bike. And, and we were finishing, man, we were finishing second overall, you know, a lot of times and, and up on the podium all the time. And, and, uh, and so one time it was in Pocono, Pennsylvania, where I, I, John was walking by and I was doing something and he said, Hey, what are you doing? And I said, I I'm working my butt off because I want to ride on your team, man. Oh, wow. You know, you know? and, uh, and he kind of, you know, John gave me that look, you know, how he does it <laughs> kind of thing. And, and, uh, and I just thought, well, you know, you know, you always, you got to put it out there yeah. kind of thing, you know? And, and, uh, and so he rang me up and says, Hey, you want to, you know, I, I don't, I don't know who I think. Mike Smith was leaving or something going on. And, and so they, they put me on and, and then Kurt and I um, were the main team um, in, in, you know, Kurt, Kurt Hall taught me a lot about road racing and, and, um, and, and he was absolutely a wonderful teammate because he was, you know, that dude could, he could ride an endurance bike for, hour and 20 minutes at a time and his lap times were just consistent all the way through. And so it gave me something to shoot for, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and so I worked on doing that same thing where I could be fast out of the gate and, and go for a full hour and 20 minutes. And, uh, and it was really weird for the, in, in those years, because I would, I could, I, I did so many endurance races. I mean, I think at one time we were doing, I think 16 endurance races a year, wow. you know, and that was in some of the years we did two 24 hour races. We did one at Willow and one at Nelson ledges. And, um, um, and so, you know, there was a lot of riding going on. You know, I, I, I would race the endurance races, either a four six or eight or 24 hour races in on, uh, on Saturday and then come back and do all the Suzuki cup races and, and everything on Sunday. And, and, uh, um, you know, it was, it, it was a lot, you know, there was a lot going on. And then we had a family business back at that time. And, um, my father, which was, was what, what was your family business? Our family business was called tube forming incorporated. Oh, okay. and this is how we kind of got in. That's how this kind of moves into the, into the M4 thing Sure, is we made all the internal components to air conditioning and refrigeration products, three eighths, half inch, five eighths inch tubing. We'd been it in all of these different configurations and, like if you look down in your air conditioning unit at home and you see all these copper lines that come out, we made all of that stuff for wow. Carrier, Linux, Whirlpool, mm. all that kind of stuff. And so we had a, you know, started off with just the four of us with my two older brothers and my dad. And, uh, and then we worked and worked and worked. And, and my father, um, and still to this day is, you know, you work from eight to five and at eight fifteen, if you show up at eight fifteen, he's like, 
you know, I, and, and I had to go right past his office to get to my office too. And so, you know, so I, I, was, I was racing full time and either driving home all night or jumping on a late night flight so I could get back on Monday morning, you know, take a shower, sleep a couple hours and go to work. Like, you know, I learned to walk fast, look down and look like I was really busy when I was really tired. Yeah, I bet you were. So, so pretty much the whole time you raced, did you always have a kind of a full-time day job? That's kind of what you did? Yes, and that kind of ties a bow around this whole conversation because I was older, you know, I kind of went and did all the car racing thing and did the motocross deal for a long time. And, and then, um, I didn't even get on a road race bike till I was 26 years old. Wow. I never even rode a street. I mean, I rode a street bike maybe once or twice or something, but to me, it was like, you know, riding a street bike was, I mean, it was like boring, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> going up and down the street, you know, right. it's like, come on, man, if I can't wheelie this thing or do, you know, have some fun with it, then, you know, and so, so I was older when I started and, and, um, older, that sounds funny. 26. I thought I was older. <laughs> Man, how time flies, right? You know, now I'm, well, you know, getting old now. Yeah. I'm kind of getting old. My knee's getting bad. So. But I, but I um, um, so, so that was kind of the reason why that I stayed with Wera stuff is because I had, you know, I was tuned in with John's team and Keith Perry and, um, you know, Keith and I were, were great friends still. And, um, and I got along good with John and, you know, it was home for me and, and I was able to, continue to race and get back to work. And, and, you know, I was not dumb enough to think that I was going to make it big in the motorcycle racing, make enough money to where I wouldn't have to work anymore or something, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like, so don't, so, so I can, so literally don't give up your day job. Don't what give you're up getting. your day job. That's right. exactly right. And, right. And, and so, so I, you know, worked hard at home and, and it was family business, you know, my two older brothers, Richard and Robert, and my dad, you know, I couldn't screw off. I mean, I, I couldn't, they, you know, they were, I mean, you know, they made me work. I mean, I was, I was do, hard at it. Do you ever, um, you have any regrets that you never got a chance to do like AMA Superbike or anything? You uh, probably feel like you were good enough. I certainly thought that I was quick enough, but I, you know, again, I was a little bit older and, and I really... I really enjoyed doing the endurance races. Yeah. I liked um I liked wearing those bikes out. And and you know, and, and every time at the end of an eight hour, you know, you at the end you get off the podium and you shoot champagne and yeah, you know. And then you see that bike sitting there and it's got rubber marks all over the fairings and the it's done you know, some work. It's done some work, you know, and it looks it looks like it's sitting there with its tongue hanging out, you know, and, and I used to always say, you know, I rode the shit out of that thing. Yeah. Me? And I like that feeling. I mean, those, you know. It, it was good. You know, the tires all worn out. And, and I also liked the mental um, part of it where, and, and I did so many endurance races that I learned, I could almost tell how long I was out on the bike by my mental capacity. Because I would, I would start and I would be really focused. And then about in the middle of my hour and 20 minute stint, I would start, you know, looking around the track a little bit and seeing, wondering what I was going to have for dinner, you know, and this kind of stuff. And then once the, and then once the the fuel load lightened up, then the bike started really getting pretty good. Yeah. And then I would start having some fun, man. This looks great, you know. And and I used to, and it's really funny because I used to look at my fingers and my, and and I would say to myself, 
you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any of this. This, everything was just happening on its own. Now, and I used to say, man, I'm on the greatest roller coaster ride ever. And, and because I was so in tune with the bike and so in tune with riding long distances and, and riding for a long time that, you know, my body just kind of took over and I was just, you know, it was really, it, it was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, and John paid me good and, and, um, and I, I rode my whole career and I only fell over one time on that endurance bike. I got, wow. I probably, I mean, I don't know if there's a record for however many miles that I raced wow. with crashes, but in, and I, you know, I almost made it the whole way except for Summit Point, West Virginia. Oh, it's a tough track. God awful track. <laughs> and I really didn't even crash. Well, you know, I said, wait, what we all say? I really didn't crash, but you know, <laughs> but I, I went into the, coming into that last corner onto the front straightaway and it just kind of got a little sideways. And so I went, oh, I rode it off into the grass, you know, and I thought, oh, okay. Well, then there was this big, you know, mound of dirt coming at me and I'm going, and pulled the front. I fell over. I was probably going 10 miles an hour, you know, when I went That was down. it. That was your only one. That was the only one. So you didn't get hurt. No wonder John liked you. Yeah. 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 Cause all those other guys, man, he was riding right. him up, man. You crashed my bike, buddy. You're going to pay. But the cool no, thing. No, he didn't really do that. I'm just playing. The cool thing you were talking about is you would, you would, you would use that bike in an endurance race, use it for all it was worth. You would get off that bike. You would go back to Texas to your day job. Then you'd come back the next time and the bike would be, back. Oh, it'd be perfect, pristine, you right? Know, man, and, and, you know, and the only thing I did was like, you know, after the races are over Sunday or if we didn't have sprint races on Sunday, we had the, um, we had the endurance races, you know, and that was it. And so, you know, I'd pile, get all the champagne off my leathers and stuff and pile them in there and zip it up and fly home, you know, go back to work, come back next weekend. Man, all my bikes just looking brand new, fresh and clean. Keith had them just, you know, and I was sitting there thinking, man, this is good. This is good. You know, and, and, and I really, I was 36, 37 when I retired, when I retired, when I quit. And, you know, it was a tough decision because I, I, I could have, you know, I think John would have let me stay for as long as I wanted to, as long as I was still effective. And I, and I, I retired as a national champion and, and um, you know, and, and I thought that, you know, maybe this is time, but I wasn't really ready. But, but, and, and I remember yeah, I on the- if you ever would have been though. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things, but I, I remember it, it was at Road Atlanta, um, the last race that I rode that endurance bike and it was raining and it was miserable. And, and, um, and, and I remember getting on it and, and then finishing the race and, and coming around on the last lap and saying, you know, man, this is it. This, I, I'll never get on a fine piece of machinery like this again. You know, this is it, you know, kind of deal. And, and so, you know, I kind of had, you know, kind of thinking, man, I don't know, maybe I should stay another year or right. something. I don't know. But, but no, I, I mean, I say that I was really ready. I was kind of ready to, to, to move on and, and do some different things. And, you know, I, I did, I had my private pilot's license and I was, you know, flying airplanes and, you know, I, there was a lot of things that I was wanting to go do and spend some more time with my friends and, you know, and this kind of stuff and where I wasn't just so on the rev limiter flying from racetrack to working and being here and there. And, you know, I was kind of ready to take a little bit of a break. And, and when I, when I did retire, 
it, you know, I, I just went straight into teaching the, the, the hammer schools and stuff and, and, and then got on with Kevin's schools. And, um, so I really had never stopped. Right. You I'm have still, it. Just, yeah. Just get still right a rep now. Now I'm right a rep now. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, just you know, it's going. It, it, it is, it's, it's been a good, I mean, I've, I've, I, I can't complain about anything and I've had a good run and it's, you know, I, and I'll keep doing it as long as I can. And as long as everybody will have me and, um, and, and as long as I can do a good job, that's the main thing Yeah, is that, you know, I, I really, w- with Moto America, when I took the position, I really, you know, I don't know if things needed to be changed or not. You know, I just kind of wanted to come in and fit in and do the right thing. And, and, uh, uh, and I think I've done pretty, pretty good. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's been all right. And I think all the people, uh, respect me and, and like me. And, um, most of them don't even know who that I ever raced a motorcycle. Yeah. You I know, was going to ask you that. Not, not a very few. Yeah. I mean, these kids would have no clue. Yeah. Now Josh Hayes. Okay. Yeah. So Josh and I, I was the rider when Josh rode the endurance bike for the first time. I was his teammate. It's some, that was the weekend that I, that I fell over. Oh, As a matter of fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven yeah. point. Yeah, slippery, okay. slippery point, West Virginia. Um, um, so Josh Hayes was my teammate, and and um, and they, I think Trey had taken on was had something to do or something, and so they called me back and said, "Hey, you know, you want to come do this endurance race?" And I think it was maybe a year after I retired or something, and, and um, so I made it all that time and then come back and fall over, you know, when you didn't know him, but but um, uh. But Josh got on the bike. He was, you know, and man, it was, it was so funny. And, and, and Josh and I are still close, good friends. And, and, um, and when he got on that bike, he was a skinny little kid from Mississippi, you know, and, and, um, and he was going down that front straightaway and I was watching, he was hanging on that bike so tight. It was just, you know, <laughs> and he kept coming in and saying, man, this thing's wiggling all over the place. You know, I can't hang on to it and everything. And Keith looking at me, I said, everything's fine, man. I just, I'm not having any problem at all, you know, kind of thing. And, and I think Josh was just, you know, first weekend, first on the big bike, you know, and all this stuff. And so he was, uh, um, you know, so I, I taught him well, you know, mm-hmm. now, now that he went on to be, you know, whatever so. time. Yeah, whatever time. Four time. Yeah, four time, time super bike champion. champion. Yeah. Taught him all he knows <laughs> I did. One yeah. of the things I want to make sure we cover, <laughs> and, and this is a this is a kind of a big deal for, for me, and it should be for you guys too, is, we do a lot of social media and when we talk about the Suzuki team, we're constantly putting down Team Hammer or M4 X-Star Suzuki. So M4, what is M4? M4, okay, I did some research. I started realizing, okay, it's related to Michael Martin. I'm thinking, (laughs) well, he mentioned his two brothers and he mentioned him and he mentioned his dad. So I'm thinking, oh, it's the dad and the three Martin brothers. But M4 is actually not that. M4 is Michael Martin. You know, I'm the original M4. Which stands for Miracle Man Michael Martin. Miracle Man Michael Martin, which was a, a don't name. laugh back there, you guys. Come on, man. So John Orrits coined that, right? John Orrits coined that. It, it was a um, it was a weekend down in College Station, down at Texas World Speedway, and you guys, the, it, you know, all of the planets had lined up for me there. Okay, so it was going to be the 100th victory of the. Team Suzuki Endurance, 100, you know, we had 99, so it was going to be the 100th victory. It was at my home track at Texas World Speedway. Moto World was there, the cameras, you know, and everything was there to, to film it all. We had a, I think, a six-lap lead with 
you know, maybe two hours to go or something like that. I'm not exactly sure the, the timeline, but, um, and you know, and I'm sitting in the pits and I'm thinking, Whoa, man, we got this baby in the bag, you know? And all of a sudden I see Keith. Keith Perry could sit there in a, in a 24 hour race. He could sleep in between lap, every lap and he'd go, He knew that when that bike was coming around, he didn't even have to look at it. He just knew the sound of it. <laughs> you know. And so I saw Keith. This was only, a, I think it was an eight hour. And, um, and Keith, I'm, I'm seeing him look around. And then we hear over the thing, oh, and the one, number one bike's down and all this kind of stuff. And I just thought, oh, my God, how could this happen? You know. So get the bike back. And the front end was locked up. We had to put a new, I, I think the front end was locked up. We had to. We had to put new brakes on it and it went off into the mud and kind of got a little, you know. And so we were working diligently to get this thing going. I put my helmet on, I was ready to go and they fired me off. And so I take off down the, down into turn one and, you know, whoa, no brakes for a second. You know, I had to pump up the front brakes, you know, kind of thing. And then I got about three quarters of the way around the track and it's, and it dies. And I was like, oh, my God, what could have happened, you know? And so I put, put the thing in neutral, start pushing it back. And then, then I see Keith running towards me, and he flips. They, they had turned the fuel off, and so they turned the fuel on. Now you don't have to mess with that with fuel injection now. But, right. You know, this is when we had four carburetors, and it mm-hmm. took a man to twist the throttle, you know, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> going into detail, right? Love it. Yeah. And so, um, and so bumped me off again, and then took off, and... Um, and, and I really don't know how many laps we were down. I think we were down like three laps and we had 45 minutes or 50 minutes left in the race. No, that can't be right because I, I came in and I refueled it. So it was, you know, I know it was under two hours because I stayed on that bike the last two hours. So it was, if it was a six hour race or eight hour, it was two hours from the finish when I jumped on it. And because um, I know that they were worried that I couldn't go over the two hour limit ride time. And um and so I got on that bike and I rode. I can't tell you how hard that I rode to get back. And, and I kept going by people and I think, well, there's one lap on him and I'm getting another lap on him and another lap. And man, I, I was, there was a, it was wet and cold and miserable. I think it was November or something way late in the year, October or something. I don't know. But, but there was a dry line or a semi dry line this wide around the track, you know, just and, and I was absolutely so focused in and, and rode. I mean, I was, I was riding it like it was a sprint race. And, and, I, and I made up time and I kept going by these guys thinking, okay, man. And then they brought me in to refuel. And, and I know Trey had his helmet on and everything like that. And I did not take my hand off that handlebar. I said, put the fucking gas in this thing and let me go. Wow. You know, you know I mean, I was like, I was, I was just in a zone. I mean, I really was. And I got back off and, 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 and I knew that I had, I mean, I lapped some people so many times that I was sitting there thinking, I got to be back into the lead group here, you know, because, I mean, I was really, it, it, the conditions were horrible and I was, I was really on the edge, you know, kind of thing. And, um, and so when we, when we, I, I pretty much had a new, I had, so about the last five or 10 minutes, I kind of backed it down a little bit. But when I came in, um, you know, the team, it, it was just one of those moments of, you know, it was the, 
it was one of the finest racing moments that, you know, that, you know, it's too bad that we don't have, that we didn't shoot videos like they did back in the old days of the auto racing, you know, where, you know, so-and-so comes from the 24 hour race and they win Le Mans and, you know, and this kind of stuff. And it certainly wasn't to that level, but for our team, for John Ulrich's team, Suzuki endurance team, it was a big day, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And, 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 um, uh, with, with all the with all the press that was there and and all that stuff, it was, you know, it, it was a it was a fun thing. And then that's when John was saying, you know, they used to call me M squared, right? But then John came in, you know, it's still on. I, I was showing Paul this and showing you too a little earlier about the, you know, that now that you're going to start calling me M four Miracle Man Michael Martin. And so that's kind of where we got the idea to call the exhaust pipe company M4. Right. You know, we kind of talked to John about it. We said, hey, man, what do you think? And John says, hey, man, that's great. Good, you know. And so we, you know, M4. So we had, we sold our, our air conditioning company. And so we knew how to bend tubing. We could bend, you know, all the different three-eighths, five-eighths, half-inch diameter tubes. And we could do all that stuff. We knew how to bend, you know. And so we thought, you know, Let's start this exhaust pipe company. See how it goes, you know, and uh, and so we started it, and and uh, and we were down there working for years and years, and and uh, uh, got it going pretty good. And then um, my older brother Robert and my dad and I, we were you know working pretty hard getting this thing off the ground, getting it going, and we were you know at the end of the year we'd have a twenty thousand dollar profit and we'd all split that big $20,000, you know, we'd get, you know, five grand each or something. And hmm. so we kind of thought, you know, let's, the, the middle brother, Richard bought it and he, to give his son, Kyle, a place to, um, you know, a place to work and, you know, and this kind of stuff. And so they, they bought the company and they rented the real estate from us. And so we, we, it's all kept in the family, you know, kind of thing like that. But, mm -hmm. but, but that's how the M4 thing kind of came up. Was was wow, uh, cool. so you yeah. you bend this tubing it's kind into long winded, uh, but but <laughs> but this is a big deal. I mean, you bend this tubing into this, these exhaust systems, and you know you obviously keep up with new models, or sure. the, the company does. Yep. Uh, you must dyno test the bikes as well uh, to make sure you're getting the power you're supposed to. What happened with that team? What kind of an, a pipe did they have on that bike that you raced, and and did it switch to M4 at some point? Kirker. We had a Kirker, yeah, Kirker. pipe on it. Yep. Okay. That's, Kirker was the exhaust system that, that we used in, in, uh, back then. And, um, and so it, it, this all thing kind of morphed into, um, at, at one time, John, we were looking to figure out a way to get our pipes out there a little bit, um, a little bit more. And, and so let me go back a little bit. Okay. We, what our idea for M4 was, is if we can't make a better pipe than anybody else, if we can't make a stronger, lighter, better system, then there's really no need to do it, you know, kind of thing. So we took our knowledge of tube bending and, and doing things a little bit different, not just bending tubes, but clamshelling things and, um, and cutting it and welding it and doing all this kind of stuff. And, um, and so we, we, built what we thought was a better system. And we, we didn't, if we, if we did make more power, 
We stayed on that dyno and we tried and we tried and we tried and we tried crossovers. We tried whatever it took to make that pipe better. And that's the reason why that the M4 pipes are so good now is that we don't just build a pipe and put it out there. It's, it's full on R&D and, 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 it, and John's team, you know, they, they get the benefit of it. And it's, it's truly a, um, uh, a, a kind of a small thing that, that's made it bigger and better and, and, and provides a lot of product out in the United States. And, and, it's, a, and it's a good system. You know, it's a good heavy-duty system. They make them out of stainless steel and titanium, and uh, everything will last a long time. It's good, good springs, good, good fit-up mountain. So it's a, you know, it, it, it's, I'm proud of it, I guess is a good way to put it. You know, it's not some it's dumpy little system that, you know, you, right. you know, you fire it up and then. I mean, up. it's such a cool story that that's the story of M4. So when you see M4, you know, pipes on the, the bikes that Suzuki, that the Team Hammer uses or anywhere else, that's Michael Martin and his family were the origin of that. So and, and we got, quite and, a, and so we went, started to kind of get to saying we wanted to try to make some, a, a bigger splash out in the, in the road racing world. And, and so we ended up, you know, going to John and saying, Hey, you know, let's work out a sponsorship deal kind of thing or something. And so we didn't have any money back then at the time. And so we, we bought an 18 wheeler and let John's team use it for the, in, in lieu of giving his team sponsorship money and, and this kind of stuff. So we've worked, uh, we've worked it from the very beginning and kind of turned it out. And it's turned out to what it is today with the big, you know, now that they're the, Factory backed, factory backed title, and you're the title sponsor, sponsor for that for team. factory team. Yeah, you know, and it, all, and it all started way back in Pocono, Pennsylvania, in 1922. When so. you said you wanted to race for John Ulrich, and he was kind of giving you a look. Yeah, and then yeah. it happened. So yeah, that's right. And, and, and we've what a great story. Yeah, we've we've stayed good friends, and and uh, and all the guys on the team, and you know, and that that team now is it's it's awesome. Yeah, you're a zillionaire. No. <laughs> but I, you know, want me. I, I can, I, you know, I, the best part about it, Paul, is I get to come and work for Moto America. Yeah, it's great. There you go. <laughs> well, it's so cool to have you with us. I mean, it's, it's great. Like I said, I mean, your demeanor to me is perfect for what you're doing and ha having ridden as much as you did and all the laps and endurance you did, you know, you started later in your career, but you probably had more laps than riders that started a long time before you. Cause all that yeah. endurance. Yeah. The, the, you know, we still hold the, in one of our bikes is over in the, uh, the bike that we won the 24 hours at Willow and set the mileage record, the 24 hour motorcycle racing mileage record that still stands today. It's sitting over there in the museum now. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat to go see that old thing. And boy, because you look at it now and you go, Woof, right. that's a big old tub of, I won't say. You know. All right. So we just, we're running out of time. Here. Yeah. But I got a question. Okay. You don't have to give any names. But oh, I got something else to say too. I okay. Got, I got, hold on. Okay. I won't, you don't have to give any names, but have you been yelled at yet? Nope. Is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it normally the rider? Is it a dad or is it a tuner or crew chief? Riders come in and they know that they've done wrong. And, and they, when you say, hey, dude, you know, I got you speeding in pit lane or something or got you on a jump start, they say, yeah, I did it. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> the rider's dad or crew chief off the, off the chart, rev limiter. <laughs> yeah. Just straight on. And, and I, I truly have had a couple of sessions 
of being yelled at that I'm sitting there thinking, okay, do I really want to do this? Right. right. No, it makes sense. Right. Nobody wants to be yelled at. Yeah, this doesn't pay good enough to do this stuff. You know, kind <laughs> this of thing, is but, above my pay scale to get yeah, yelled yeah. at like this. <laughs> so, so with all that, they have, they've, I've got a new nickname now. I want y'all to know Uh-oh. that my nickname from race direction is now, I'm now itchy Hollywood Smalls. Wow. I told them that I would make sure that that gets on this thing too. Cause they said, you, you don't have a hair on your butt unless you say that you're, you know, so I just want to make sure that everybody knew that I'm Hollywood Itchy Smalls. No, it, it, itchy, itchy, Hollywood itchy Hollywood Smalls. Smalls, yeah. And it all this all kind of comes around from some of our crew members, competitors out there in um, the way that they kind of walk around down in the pits and stuff. And when we're in, in race direction and we're kind of seeing them walking up and down the pit lane and stuff, itchy and you know we kind of nickname everybody and so now i've i've become part of that now too awesome <laughs> that's good well i think we got to wrap it up here this was great i mean i'm can, sweating too for heaven's sake it's, it's hot, hot in here hair. we have no ventilation we got the ventilation <laughs> off so you can't hear it but hey one of the things i want to say well first of all thank you michael for being on thanks great for stories. having me it's always awesome um, yeah it's terrific and gl- really glad to have you in a paddock with us um and thanks to the fans for tuning into this podcast we're at barber motorsports park right now but we're going to be headed to Indianapolis Motor Speedway soon. And uh, it's the first time going back there since 2015. So, you know, get your race tickets and certainly, uh, you know, subscribe to Moto America Live Plus, our subscription streaming service and video on demand service. So you can watch all of our races that way and pay attention to our tune-ins to let you know where our races are, are being broadcast on FS1. If it's Superbike or Mav TV, it's, if it's Super Sport uh, and Indy's going to be great. It's uh, yeah, it's close track. to me. Yeah, we're going to have a good time there. So we hope you'll you'll come out too. And you know, if you see Michael around, call him Itchy Hollywood Smalls, and uh, <laughs> he'll he'll answer to that. So I'll turn right around. It's, <laughs> yeah, Indy should be good. That'll be a great track. That's a lot of that's yeah. a, got a lot of history around there. So yeah, cool. we're looking forward to it. All right, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks. Michael. My pleasure, you guys. Thanks for having me. All it's right. a lot of fun.